Welcome to Unprofessional and Unprepared, our lighthearted weekly conversation about sports, life, fatherhood, and whatever else comes up with no script and no preparation. I'm your host, Jason Gerber, and this week we have the happiest show we have ever done as we cover a great Browns win, the 11-seeded Buckeyes dominating upset, and exciting events coming in 2021. I am joined, as always, by two of the best ever. Tom Burke is back again. Hey, Gerbs. How's it going, bud? And Chuck Rimbaldo is here as well. Long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> All right, let's not, waste any, <laughs> let's not waste any time, guys. Tom, the development of the COVID vaccine was an almost unprecedented joint effort between the private sector and governments around the world that generated, in less than a year, multiple vaccines that will put an end to a global pandemic. What do you think was more difficult, that complicated scientific and medical breakthrough or your effort getting your Christmas tree out for trash day? Well, you know, that's a great question because um, both were extremely difficult. I'm, I'm guessing the taking care of COVID was probably took a little longer, but definitely took less of a toll on my back than the tree did. But it was, uh, it's all relative. You got to look at it and see based on who you are. If you're a doctor or whatever, sure, that, that whole thing was difficult. But if you're me, the tree was damn difficult and, uh, annoying today. It really is awful. All right. Well, so much for the happiest episode of the show yeah. ever. <laughs> no, it was a rough, it was a rough day. <laughs> no, actually, it was a great day. And then it was a rough day. The Browns game was great. All right. Well, let, let's roll shore. into, let's roll into segment one. We'll do our at home coverage and we will, of course start with the cleveland browns finishing the year 11 and 5 and in the playoffs for the first time in 17 years and to add a little context gentlemen the last time the browns played a playoff game was january 5th 2003 our president at the time was george w bush and our democracy seemed largely stable lose yourself by eminem was the number one song in the country friends was still on tv uh, i had yet to meet my wife and i'm pretty sure chuck's wife wasn't even born yet <laughs> that's not true uh, but i did have this discussion with, with her today saying you were 12 the last time the browns are in the playoffs yes yeah that day in 2003 they lost to the steelers they beat them today sort of uh, there's plenty of <laughs> plenty to discuss. I'd like to try to focus first on the positive. So, Chuck, what were you thinking and feeling when, when Baker Mayfield got that first down to ice the game? Well, I was pacing the floor in my living room and dining room for 40 minutes leading up to that. So an unbelievable amount of relief. Uh, and it's still maybe like an hour later was when I sort of got really excited about it. Like I was still worried that something may happen long after the game was over. <laughs> just from being a Cleveland sports fan for so long, but it was, it's been great. This is, I almost don't remember what this feels like. Like I, I don't remember 2003 and them going to the playoffs. I know I remember watching the game, but I don't remember that feeling. This feels awesome. And then I, I got mad at my one-year-old, like you've been on this earth less than a year and the Browns made the playoffs. And that's been, it's been so long, but it was great. That's awesome fair. That's fair. Yeah. He deserves right. your anger. I think. Right. Uh, he's really ungrateful, I, I feel. He's uh, constantly just sitting around licking windows and uh, has no idea what's what's going on. Obviously, take out your anger on him. Burke, what were your thoughts as the Browns clinched a playoff berth? Um, that we're going to get smoked next week. That was my actual <laughs> first thought. Mr. Positivity, um, thanks for yeah, showing up tonight. Yeah, sorry. 
I, I felt great. It was, and then I'm thinking, you know what? I think we can give them a decent game, you know, from the beginning. If we get everybody back, I think we can actually play with them for a while. I, I, I just, I don't know. I think it's, it's going to be tough. Going back to your question and focusing just on today, it was, it was a great feeling considering we've, we've waited this long. It's just, it's just crazy that we have to get to 11 wins to finally get in to the playoffs. That's what's crazy. It's just, there's so many years that there have been that, you know, nine and seven gets you. And obviously, of course, you're in, what is it, the NFC East? You maybe have to win five games, I think, to get into the playoffs. It might be seven. It might be yeah, seven. Maybe seven. All right. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm over winning record to get in. I don't think. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, but I mean, so many of these years where, I mean, you, you never get to 11 wins to get in and the, the Browns are going to get in and they did it by getting 11 wins. I mean, that's pretty exciting. That's awesome. We're, we're taking good steps. I think we got a good group in place. All right. Enough about the positives. I know the holidays are over, but I feel like we can backtrack to Festivus a little bit for an airing of grievances. Uh, <laughs> Chucky, was Baker Mayfield good today? I think he was good enough. It wasn't as crisp as I thought it would be, especially with all their guys on D kind of sitting and most of their team really sitting. But the more I thought about it, I don't care what Steeler team was out there. The Steeler team will never hand something to you. I thought he played good enough. It wasn't it wasn't as exciting as I hoped for, and, and I hope that he's a little bit better next week. What do you think, Tommy? The Steelers still came out today expecting to win. Considering the past, I'm not sure why they would ever think they would ever lose to the Browns. It doesn't matter what teams are out there. You know, you see the Steelers uniforms, you just assume we're going to be in trouble. Baker, he looked okay for most of the day. I wasn't very impressed, but also it wasn't all on Baker. Our offensive line for three quarters of that game were very disappointing, and we had everybody back, too. This wasn't one of our situations where we had backups playing we actually had our full line back and they were getting pushed back into baker's face a lot and i found that surprising you know there's so much talk about how our line is so dominant tj watt's not even out there no cam you know, hayward you, either no cam hayward yeah. but these guys were getting pressure and they were pushing our guys back they were dominating that line for a lot of the game and we finally put it together i think it was very disappointing on behalf of our line but i, I think baker still was making some poor passes and passes that you know if you're gonna have any chance next week there are passes that you got to make. I think we all kind of talked about that pass uh, near the goal line with Hodge, where he gunned it, threw it behind him. You hit a guy in stride. I mean, that's an easy touchdown, but he made it harder than it had to be. You know, he's he's coming along. He's he's fighting out there. Like Chuck said, he's he's doing what he has to to win. They at least figure out a way to win today. I don't think they figure out a way to win today because of Baker, though. I think it was more their defense stepped up when they had to. Baker didn't go out there and take that game like I wish he would have. I think it's two weeks in a row where we've seen him with that level of inaccuracy that was so bothersome last year and early in this season that we thought was over with. I mean, he was completing passes to guys, but they were diving to catch him. They were going up high to catch him. And like you said on the, that play to Hodge, there are probably three or four of those passes to Hooper where Hooper's diving for it, but he's standing all by himself. You hate to see him lose some of that progress that he had earlier in the year and those types of throws, but he still, he made the plays that they needed him to make. He made some nice plays running to get first downs and to, to keep those drives moving at the end. I guess he played okay. I think it's accurate to say he played just good enough for them to win the game today. Tom, where was our pass rush for the first three quarters of the game? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, Olivier Vernon actually had a very good game until he got hurt. Miles Garrett apparently had some type of injury, you know, something where he was he was not on the field for a while there. I, mean, I, I believe they made a comment, something about his right arm or right shoulder or something like that. I was actually more surprised. We've been getting a lot more production from the middle of our line, and it really wasn't there as much today as I have been seeing. Hogan Joby, uh, Richland was back today. Wasn't seeing a lot of push there. And Mason Rudolph is just got awful. 
you know, if you just put any kind of pressure on him whatsoever, he's just not very good. And so the fact that he was able to eat us up a little bit, it shows that we, we definitely were not putting enough pressure, you know, maybe bring a little more of the, the linebackers. Uh, on some some more blitzes, the speed from these linebackers. Now that we got Phillips back, uh, Mac Brown or Mac Brown, <laughs> Mac Wilson, Mac Wilson. Mac Brown might the, have uh, been in the secondary. Yeah, That's how that was from. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was from watching the UNC game. Yesterday. No, but uh, yeah. So Mac Wilson, you know, you got two SEC guys with great speed, and they're going to be very good for us. Uh, Phillips looked really good today. I, it was nice to see him out there. So you know, use some of that speed. Bring some of those guys in. If Rudolph has to be under pressure and make some decisions, they're going to be poor decisions. He's a terrible quarterback. We, we made him look good today because we gave him too much time and let him throw the ball around. They still had a lot of their good receivers out there, very good receivers. Fortunately, we don't have the secondary to, to make those plays, so you have to put pressure on the quarterback. And I think that when they finally started doing that, they finally started to see some benefit from the pressure yes. because until then, the only play that that offense had against the Browns defense was when he had time to get receivers downfield and he could just chuck it up in the air and let them jump for it. And their, their receivers were always going to beat the Browns defensive backs. And that was how they kept drives alive because they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't complete anything short. I, I was just surprised that they weren't bringing more pressure immediately because mm. you had a backup guy starting. Chuck, counterbalance some of this negativity during our happiest podcast of all time. Tell me yeah. something you thought was good about the defense today. Tommy hit on it it was jacob phillips uh it seemed like he was around the football all game and i liked mac wilson i thought he would turn into a pretty good linebacker but over these past few weeks like i see him missing tackles at the line or behind the line or taking terrible angles Uh, so if i'm staying positive here is that jacob phillips really impressed me on the defensive side of the ball and even maybe talky talky because i didn't notice him all that much and i think that's a good i think that's a good thing unless he was in on tackles but mac wilson us dudes constantly missing tackles or not wrapping dudes up or trying to to miss behind the line today yeah Yeah. 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 behind the line today I think Max going to be very good, but those were tackles you have to make. You have Gotta to wrap up and make those tackles. Yeah. And even though like he got burned a little bit, I thought the dude from the practice squad with the dreadlocks, I don't even know his name, the cornerback, I thought he played okay. You know, like for a guy who just kind of got picked up and said, you're in, I thought he did a pretty nice job. I wish I knew his name. I'm doing him a disservice tonight. <laughs> I know his name, and I totally disagree with you. We're already into the Matt Miller school of driving bumper <laughs> breaks moment. Um, Bob Jackson got smoked all day long. Yeah. And yeah. I understand he's like a practice yeah, squad guy and probably out of his depth a little bit. He was, he was terrible. I thought he yeah. did all right for uh, what he had to do. I'll give you one positive. I think Terrence Mitchell actually played a decent game. He made some nice plays yep. against Claypool. Yep. Yes, he got burned at times against Claypool. I mean, he's a stud. He's been dominating for them all season long. And it's not just against the Browns, but against everybody. And Terrence Mitchell made some great plays against him, turning and running with him and finding the ball, making plays, knocking it away. Like I said, he did get beat, but Terrence Mitchell is a nice number two. If we can just keep Denzel Ward on the freaking field, it would be right. nice. And, you know, maybe have a, you know, Greedy Williams actually play football at some point be nice uh, i have no idea even what his status is you know hopefully by next year he's back and then maybe in the draft we add a little more obviously secondary is an area where we need to add but it, it was also nice to have ronnie harrison back i thought ronnie harrison played a nice game today too especially after as much time as he missed he was still in there making plays and obviously is a better option than certain other people that maybe weren't there today <laughs> Can either one of you explain to me why on critical drives in the fourth quarter, uh, Nick Chubb is not on the field? 
no, or the five wide and empty back sets they ran. It made no sense to me. I saw a few things online, and this is just crazy Browns fans. A friend of mine texted me saying, you know, I'm hearing that they didn't sh- they didn't want to reveal too much of their playbook because they knew they were going to play them next week. And I'm like, what yeah. crazy Browns theory is this? <laughs> right. You know, yeah, the like, Steelers don't know here. you at all. It made no sense to me. I understand that Kareem Hunt, I think, leads the league in fourth quarter rushing, which is all fine and dandy, but one of your best players should be on the field as often as humanly possible. And I didn't get the empty backfield sets they were running when they needed short yardage. It made no sense. Tommy, that idea that they're not playing Chubb in the fourth quarter because Hunt is leading the league in fourth quarter rushing yards, is this another example of Stefanski just maybe trying sometimes to be too smart, just not letting the strength of his team run in a critical time? Yeah, I think it's uh, being a little too cute with when you don't have to be, and it makes no sense. Get them both on the field at the same time. I'm perfectly fine with that. Mix it up. This stuff where Chubb's over there with a with, with a coat on for a whole series in the fourth quarter it makes no sense. They they yeah. couldn't stop him all day long. And I love Hunt. Hunt's a great second pack to have. I mean, that's the best duo you get in the league, in my opinion. I mean, who's who's better than that? But you don't just take Chubb out of it and say, "Oh, it's fourth quarter. Let's give it to Kareem." Hunt. No, you you haven't put this game away. Put them both on the field. Make them have to worry about both of them. Kareem Hunt's great out of the backfield, and they're, actually they're both very good at catching passes out of the backfield. Have them both go out and catch passes and make them have to cover both of them. You're not going to have linebackers that can stay with both of those guys at the same time. Right. It's not going to happen. Even the Steelers don't have those linebackers. Right. Exactly. So, you know, make them have to cover both of those guys. And at the same time, you know, when you have all your receivers back, get your best weapons on the field at the same time. Why, when you have some of the best weapons in the league, would you take one of them out and have them sitting for a whole series? It just doesn't make any sense. And Nick Chubb is one of the top five backs in the league. It's not a guy you sit down in the fourth quarter, especially when you're trying to go to the playoffs and you're you're not putting this game away. They said at the beginning of the fourth quarter, Chubb had 100 yards on 12 carries. If he's running the ball that effectively, why has he only had it 12 times and you're going into the fourth quarter? Just, you don't have to stick to the same script every week. It doesn't, it, you know, especially when yeah. you're you're playing for something. Go off script and use the guy that's gotten you there pretty much for most of the season. Yeah. Stefanski really needs to get his head out of his ass. <clears throat> yeah. So I, I know that our golden boy, Mr. Sandejo, wasn't on the field today, <laughs> but does anybody have any Sandejo-ish moments? Mine would probably be the onside kick and the sitting <laughs> on the ball. Yeah, that's a really yeah, good one. He's trying to like lay an egg. He's like covering up like a yeah, chicken. Yeah, what was that? Oh, man. And then not only that, but he turned towards the sprinting defenseman so they could blow him up while he was yeah. sitting on the ground. But yeah, to me, I was like, oh, man, he's going to try to sit on it. That That's my Sandejo moment. Who sits on a football in a live game? Uh, I honestly have no idea how we got that onside kick. I thought for sure we did not get that ball. And yeah, we were screwed. Yeah. What so about that's you, a great Tom? moment. I, I forgot about that one. I had a hard time. I was actually thinking about this today. And I'm like, what, what would be my Sandejo moment? And the closest thing I came up with was the, the Mac Wilson stuff where he's he's missing these tackles in the backfield. Twice he had tackles for losses, and he just he doesn't wrap up. And I actually felt like in both cases, at least he had his arms out, and it looked like he was trying to wrap up. How many times do you see these guys now in, in college and NFL where they'll just throw like a shoulder in there or they'll do whatever and they think their big hit is just going to be enough? And then a guy goes off for another 10, right. 15 yards. I'm not sure what they're, where, where they're teaching the tackling uh, in some of these places. At last I knew, and, and I only played till eighth grade, they actually used to tell <laughs> us to wrap up. When I used to dominate, I'd say Pascal Bailon. 
the Green Knights, Green Knights. Good luck to anybody that had to play them. I, I like this. This this might be the Tom Berg get off my lawn segment of the podcast. Uh, I like it. <laughs> All right, so after all of that, after 16 games, after pulling out this one despite missed tackles and a quarterback not on top of his game and a guy sitting on a football, we've earned the right to play the Steelers again next week. So, Chucky, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, it says it all be, right there. I think it'll actually be a very competitive game. Their running game is not great. That's why they do so many short passes. I don't know what the line will turn out to be, the betting line. I, I don't want to jinx out anything. I just four and a half. Oh, really? Steelers by four so, and a half right now. Well, yep. with them being at home, it's really one, uh, one and a half. I think it'll be a really competitive football game. And waiting this long to get to that, I'm almost happy it's against the Steelers. You know, like if people are bitching, like, I got to beat the Steelers. Like, how else would you want it? It's your yeah. main rival your whole yeah. life growing yeah, up. You true. have to beat them to get in. And yeah. then you're rewarded by playing them again the next week. So I, I just like the fact it feels good good that it'll be that AFC North kind of game. You know it's going to be rough. You know it's going to be a lot of big hits and probably a lot of penalties, uh, a lot of false starts and holding penalties, but uh, it excites me that they got the Steelers. I I don't want to play the Chiefs. I don't want to play the Bills. I don't want to play the Ravens. So if it was any team, you know, the Steelers are the ones to me that look at least beatable at times just because I've watched a few of their games this year. I don't think I want the Bills, the Ravens, or Tennessee in the first round. I think I feel better at playing the Steelers than against any of those other three teams, even though you know, we beat the, the Titans. We almost beat the Ravens that second time we played them, but I'm okay with that. Tommy, what do you what do you think is going to happen? And keep in mind, Tom, that just one week ago on this podcast, you predicted the Browns were going to win this game, and we're talking about like how crappy guys like Juju Smith-Schuster are and how they're going to light up Roethlisberger. And now you've apparently done this 180, and now you're you seem worried. Uh, I stand by the fact that Juju is a joke. <laughs> I will not change my opinion on that. Big Ben, still not that impressed by him. We didn't see him today. Mason Rudolph was the one that was a complete stud today. Obviously, this game is going to be it's going to be interesting because obviously there's going to be a lot of motion involved. Chuck brought up the penalties. Some of these penalties. It's one thing when you're playing in a stadium and there's eighty thousand people going insane, and maybe you can't hear. How many false starts are we going to have from veteran linemen? How about pay attention to the count and let's actually run the correct play? That's ridiculous. But I like that Phillips is is there with Mac Wilson. I like the speed at linebacker that we have on defense. If we're at full capacity with Denzel and and, and and Ronnie Harrison and those guys are there, I think we can play with them for a while. It's going to be tough. I'm surprised that it's only four and a half. That actually shocks me. Um, yeah, I was I thought, surprised, I, too. I thought they would give the Steelers at least a touchdown. How many beers have you had today, Tom? Not that many, actually. I didn't yeah, start so drinking. Way less, than, way, way less, way than, less last than last week. Yeah. Last week's prediction was maybe was a little more beer-fueled than you cared to admit at the oh, time. Oh, yeah, I was much more angry last week. <laughs> All right, guys, I think that wraps up our discussion on the Browns pretty well. Why don't we take our first break, and we'll uh, we'll talk some college football. Unprofessional and Unprepared is brought to you by this proud sponsor. Everyone loves day drinking. Am I right? Nothing better before, during, and after a game than a few beers. But what if your few beers turn into 15? If you're an average Joe, it's probably no problem. But what if you are an international podcast guest superstar? Are you worried those few beers might impact your podcast performance that night? Then you need the Berkalyzer, the only breathalyzer designed specifically for podcasters. While normal breathalyzers measure irrelevant, subjective factors like blood alcohol content, the Berkalyzer cuts to the chase and gives you real-time data 
about how your beers are impacting your hot takes, the length of your stories, and those perfectly timed F-bombs that show your edge. With the Berkalyzer, you never need to worry about being too sober or too drunk before you take the mic. Drink up and pod with the confidence that only the Berkalyzer guarantees. All right, welcome back to segment two, which is normally our on-the-road portion, but I decided today we're just going to call it back to school because all we're going to talk about is college football. So we had the first round of the college football playoff last weekend. Uh, Notre Dame delivered as expected and got absolutely <laughs> waxed <laughs> by Alabama. Chuck, on a scale of one to five, one being total shock and five being as predictable as the sunrise, how surprised were you? Five. We talked about this when I was on last, knowing they would get in, they would be playing Alabama. And I used an anal term there that was bleeped out and that's kind of exactly what happened so i mean i, I watched most of that game and i took took joy Way to and clean watching joy in watching them lose felt nice i i, I was okay with an alabama win for once what, what do you think the strength of that alabama team is after that game Ooh. Uh, I would say all three facets, yeah. <laughs> defense and special teams. They're good. They're deep. Their receivers are unbelievably fast and agile. I'm excited for, for the 11th. And I know I was the asshole who me and Phil both thought that Ohio State would get bounced by Clemson. To me, that game felt a little bit like the Browns-Titans game, where going into it, you're like, hey, you know, the Browns might have a chance here. And then once they started scoring, they never stopped. Ah, man, the 11 should be fun. Tom, OSU obviously had a huge win over Clemson, and I feel like this one was personal for you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure if you know this, but first. Dabo is actually a listener to the pod. So, Tom, I want to give you a couple minutes just to tell Dabo what you think after watching that game. Dabo, first of all, thanks for listening. We're happy to have as many fans as we can get. But also, uh, you're a piece of shit. You're a dumbass, and you have no idea what the hell you're talking about. To say that that team is the 11th ranked team in the country, you got what was coming to you. It obviously pumped those guys up, and they flat out kicked your asses. So much fun to watch. It actually was even more fun afterwards watching all the, the tweets and everything else that were directed at Devo because he just got ripped to shred to see that, including LeBron James and those kind of guys piling on, saying what a moron he is. You, you poked the bear, and you got exactly what you were asking for. I tell you, after the first drive, and they, you know, they go right down the field, and I'm like, oh, great. The defense is not going to step up. But Kerry Combs did a great job of figuring things out. The biggest problem we have, our linebackers are just too damn slow and can't cover anybody out of the backfield. And so they, they were able to turn that around. Justin Hilliard is a guy who I don't understand why he's not on the field more. He's a much faster linebacker. He had a great game. Tough Borland got defensive player of the game i can't name a play he made yeah. i don't even know how he got that i, I didn't I don't know that no That's he, he was getting burned every time i saw it I, I i don't know what he did to get that i would have gone with the interior lineman defensively garrett it's just been awesome all year he's gonna play a huge role if they're gonna have a chance to beat alabama obviously Najee harris uh derrick henry kind of kind of back he's actually a little smaller although he i mean he looks huge but ohio state should definitely plan for him to try to hurl over somebody and then just punch him straight in the nuts because he right. tries to hurl right. everybody that seems Give him like a, a nice good shot to the nads and then uh let's see where we go from there so chucky what did you see out of ohio state that you liked in that game oh man uh the run game 
I liked again. Justin Fields' gigantic ball sack that game uh, oh, yeah. to play just lights out. Gorgeous ball sack. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably get you know substantially injured at least with that mm. targeting hit, and for him to probably go into that tent, get a few shots of lidocaine in his ribs, and go back out and and just gritted it out and was throwing dimes on those deep balls. How uh, do you move? After that hit that he yeah. took, Chuck. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Chuck, you played football longer than me. No. You imagine, did you see his body after he? That was insane. Yeah, he like he's like folds up like an accordion. I, I assume like that they would probably shoot him with some massive painkiller right <laughs> into where he got hit and yeah. thrown back out there. But I feel like they cool. waited till halftime to do it because he still looked like he was. Hurt. Yeah, he was still up the first sure. half. I think Even they just keep get the on the bike back in the locker room. Yeah. <laughs> The horse tranquilizers. <laughs> I watched the replay of it again some the next day, and it was still just as much fun to watch yeah. them make the plays that they did. Mm. I think Day is a fantastic coach. I think that call yes. early in the fourth quarter to instead of just kind of keep running the ball, but to throw one deep and get that extra touchdown and put them oh, yeah. ahead, that's a pretty ballsy call to me. I don't think you see a lot of coaches in the NFL with the balls to make. That's not trestle ball. No, 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 <laughs> no. Trust will be like, let's play the punt. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Play for field position. And and Day doesn't do that, man. I think that guy instilled some toughness and some confidence in the Buckeyes that is fun to watch. I would say there's no doubt they were the tougher team playing that game. And they just looked like they beat Clemson up the whole game and i didn't expect that to happen clemson had not been hit like that first of all they were having injuries in almost every play it seemed like they were shell-shocked on the sidelines i mean they were they were all kind of gathering together and they came into this so confident and Dabo was like oh was, i think he thought it was going to be a walk in the park they got smacked in the mouth and they didn't know what to do after that you don't expect ohio state to go in and necessarily do that to them and you know in that stage you think trevor lawrence number one pick and uh just go ahead and throw it all over the place they were coming at him and they were bringing the heat he took some big hits oh, yeah and he did not seem like himself and then you just started feeding it to trevor trevor trey sermon i don't know where i got trevor from um don't never disrespect trey sermon on this podcast <laughs> i know my bet my bad my favorite football player of all time <laughs> exactly yeah i think my uh sendejo moment is actually the trey sermon his whole body was down and still got up and ran for a touchdown <laughs> he actually had them convinced yeah that that was yeah. a touchdown that was awesome that was i hilarious. thought that call was just as bad as in today's browns game when people's jones caught that ball near the <laughs> yeah. sideline and yeah. Yeah. i don't even I mean, think he got a foot down he just landed out of bounds and the guy yeah. runs over and signals it's a catch. Yeah. I think he did get one. That was about it, but yeah. it wasn't even close to being yeah. two. All right, so the line for the championship game opens as uh, Alabama favored by eight. Chucky, what do the Buckeyes got to do to win this game? I saw actually a line earlier tonight that was seven and a half, so so maybe that early money is, is moving. Right. It's almost like they have to play flawlessly. I don't know if I've seen anybody as good as this Alabama team that doesn't get as much credit as they should maybe in a COVID season. They're just so stacked. And I don't really buy into their quarterback. I know he's probably going to be a first-round draft pick, but name one quarterback from Alabama Whoever did anything worth a shit, even at Alabama. Well, How happy are you that the Browns aren't looking for a quarterback in the first round next year? That's exactly the type of yeah. guy that they would end right. up. Oh, they would oh, Brandon right Whedon? Yeah. He'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the defense has to play great. And I think offense stays as explosive. I don't think they sneak up on Alabama like maybe they did on Clemson. Anything's possible, but I don't want to shit on the Buckeyes like I did with Clemson because they made me eat crow and it was delicious. <laughs> 
And I'm glad it seems like they're that team again, like we talk about the Browns, was getting better as every week went on. Uh, and to see their best performance against Clemson, I hope it carries over to Alabama. What do you think, Tommy? Well, obviously, uh, Chuck forgot that uh, Joe Namath won a uh, yes, other a, than Joe a, Namath, a, a Super Bowl <laughs> and. Uh, I think Kitchens was a quarterback at yeah, Alabama. Sure, maybe. Who knows? Second no, best quarterback ever. But Namath is awesome on those uh, Medicare commercials, so you got to give him credit for that. Yeah, he's getting a lot of important um, information out, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, uh, I love it when my team is not favored at all. Nobody thinks they can win. We proved it this week. We did it against Clemson. I never want anybody picking our team, especially Corso. Please put on whatever the hell the Bama thing, oh, the, the stupid elephant thing. Put that stupid elephant thing on your head and have everybody picking against us. Ryan Day feeds off that, and he obviously made that work for him. He put that up on a TV screen in their weight room all season long that they lost 29-23 to Clemson last year. And, and that is crazy that he did that because there's no guarantee we we're ever going to play Clemson right. again this year. Right. It just worked out. And they went out and they, and they smoked them and they took it personally. And I mean, you could tell. We went to midfield at the beginning and it was it was tough for with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he he like barely gave my handshake. He was just like, screw this. Let's go. Let's play. These guys were fired up and I love it. They're, they're going to love the fact they're going to be doubted for the next eight days. Let's go ahead doubt us all you want let's keep working let's take it to him and kick some ass you need me i'm fuck him i'm, I'm gonna come out there and kill somebody <laughs> thank you yeah. we get there. that's all we needed tom that's all we yeah. need let's talk college coaches for a minute because it's that time of year when jobs are starting to open up and guys are starting to move around luke fickle has done an awesome job at cincinnati is that guy ready to take the leap to a bigger program for sure. I'm surprised that Texas wouldn't have actually reached out. USC, maybe. Like, he has done an awesome watching that Cincinnati game. And I know I kind of crapped all over them when we had the whole championship special podcast. Like, man, <laughs> that's a pretty good football team. And I thought he's done a great job. I think he's ready for a top 40 program, top 30 program, top 25 mm -hmm. program. It, it's interesting. I'm not sure what's open right now i think there's still probably going to be things that change because you're starting to get the nfl jobs that are opening now mm -hmm. but i was surprised that texas moved so quickly especially to pick up sarkisian shock yeah shock yeah. to see sarkisian well i'll tell you what he's already got cincinnati in that area you know i mean they were top 10 I don't know how great it is to be down in Cincinnati. Can't obviously, be being at yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, you're at Ohio State. You're treated like a king, and you know you got the greatest of everything. I have no idea what it's like in Cincinnati. One uh, one deciding factor for him could be in there is that I believe his son has actually committed to playing at Cincinnati. Also, so does he make a move with his you know son coming in there? Definitely don't think that Fickle or, you know, whatever will be looked at for like any kind of NFL opening no. and things like that. I don't think I don't see Ryan Day wanting to move for a long time, if ever. I, I don't see why he would want that. I really don't get the lure of going to the NFL. You can still make huge money in college and you don't have to deal with the egos of the NFL. The fact that you're dealing with a different team every year, you know, I mean, I mean obviously it's still a different team every year in college, but you. You can go out and you, you can recruit and get guys that you want, develop them, and you know you have them for at least three years. They're not making all this money already. They don't have the egos. They want to get to that next level, so you help develop them. And Does it make you a better coach 
because you coach an NFL team and let's say go to the playoffs or, you know, or, you know, I guess eventually, you know, maybe you win a Super Bowl. So you're a better coach, you know, than taking a bunch of college kids, putting them together, putting them out there in a very tough environment and going out and winning a national championship. I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think that they want to prove that they can succeed at the highest level possible. And there yeah. are 32 NFL coaching jobs in the entire world. And yeah, they want to prove that they can do one of them. Yeah. They can do it well. Now, yeah. Listen, man, I'm, I'm with you. I, it's a much easier lifestyle to be a college coach than an NFL coach. I don't want to work that hard. Who wants to work that hard? That's ridiculous. <laughs> no, I mean, both of them are insane. The recruiting and everything is just in, in college, too. It's just, I mean, oh, you're, I think, you're, you're not stopped. NFL guys. Oh, live they live at the, at the facility. facility and stuff like that. Sure. I don't think it's quite that as bad in college now. And I've never actually coached a college sport of any kind. So I guess. I don't oh, know, really? But, oh. Um, no. Um, well, a couple of years. Yeah. You didn't remember? Oh, yeah. Early 2000s? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Sure. Glad you brought up Dave because that was actually going to be my next question. I've been concerned since he took over and started having success that this was a guy who was going to be leaving soon. And I was wondering if he wins on the 11th and he wins a national championship, does he think about leaving for the NFL? I, I agree with a little bit of both your points. I, I think, Gerbs, you put it really great when you talk about ego. And I don't know if he has a gigantic ego, but when you're all ultra competitive, all you want to do is perform at the highest possible level. And and that's what the NFL is. However, major college coaches make more money than NFL coaches do. With Texas, they ate $25 million to fire that dude and his staff. And they don't blink an eye. $25 million. Helps not to pay the players, huh? Yeah. (laughs) 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 When all you got to worry about is one salary, it's great. I think if he wins, he has to go. I could be a huge fish for a very long time at a gigantic university that is known for football and become possibly a legend here. They love their coaches at Ohio State, right? So if he has that decision to stay there and become a legend or or try his hand in the NFL, because the success rate for college coaches isn't all that great. Even Nick Saban uh, miserably failed in the NFL. Mm -hmm. You could always go back at some point. But I think when you have a coach that young, that charismatic, who gets it, it wouldn't surprise me if at some point he's like, yeah, I would take a shot because I want to be the best I could possibly be at the highest stage. And and it's the NFL. Yeah. Uh, Burke, last one. What are your thoughts on Harbaugh getting an extension at Michigan. I would like to contribute to that if I need, <laughs> if that's what it takes. I will give at least five, ten bucks. Well, go ahead. No, and that, that is my that way, is Tom. I mean, I, I live of, of all of us. I live closest to the university. So if you yeah. just want to send that five or ten bucks to me. And I'll, I'll, I promise to make <laughs> sure it gets sure into it Coach Harbaugh's pocket. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if they're going to sign him to an extension, makes no sense to me. Oh. I, I, I don't get it. And I love it at the same time. That is the dumbest decision on the planet. And I support it 900%. Um, I wish they were signing him longer. It's just hilarious that they think that this is, you know, I mean, he's getting recruits and he doesn't know how to use them because they have actually had nice recruiting classes. They've done nothing. You got to start looking at the coach. But you know what? Please don't leave them there as long as possible. Thank you. (laughs) That's excellent. All right, guys. Why don't we take our last break and then we'll head off the field. Vaccines are great for defense, but... Sometimes the best defense is a good offense. That's why we here at Unprofessional and Unprepared are joining the Punch COVID in the Nuts campaign. Seriously, if you knew one guy who ruined your 18-year wait to see your favorite team play in the playoffs, canceled all concerts, and made you homeschool your kids, you wouldn't just try to stay six feet away from that guy. You would punch that guy in the nuts. The time has come to treat COVID like the D-bag that it is. We understand there may be questions. Like, 
How do you know COVID even has nuts? Viruses like COVID are tiny. How do we find it? Is it good enough to just punch someone in the nuts if they cough? The answer to that one, by the way, is no. For the rest of your questions, we have a team of doctors and scientists working on answers and designing tiny boxing gloves 24 hours a day. You can track their progress and find important meetup information at www.covidnutpunch.com. Let's join forces to give COVID that awful pain in the abdomen we know will end this pandemic. Become a member of the Punch COVID in the Nuts campaign today. All right, welcome back to our Off the Field segment. And for our first podcast of 2021, I wanted to try to uh, run through some topics and some events and things that are coming up this year and get your take on, guys, okay? Yeah, sounds good. So first one, at some point very soon this year, uh, Celebrity Wheel of Fortune is going to be a thing. Who's watching? I'm watching, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Oh, uh, please do. I have now, like, usually we're eating dinner around that time, and <laughs> Wheel is always on in the Rambo. Oh, yeah. so I don't even call it Wheel of Fortune anymore. It's Wheel. And wow. Sajak <laughs> and Vanna White, Chef's Kiss, they're still doing a fantastic job cool. all these years later. So I'm down to watch celebrities play the wheel. I wish this was part of our discussion last week about the signs that I'm getting old. Uh, yeah. Loving Wheel of Fortune has to be one. <laughs> yes. It has to For be one. sure. <laughs> you just skipped ahead to 65. <laughs> <laughs> Burke, do you think you're going to be in on attending the Ultra Festival, which is headlined by Flume, Major Laser, and Afrojack? Holy crap. I have no idea what any of that is. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and say no. Does that make me really old or I'm not really sure because that major laser, I feel like I've maybe heard of that and I'm pretty sure that is for the young kids, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, laser right? tag, Tommy, but not major laser. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I, I don't know. I All I know is I don't know any of that and uh, I'm not going to be there. I, I didn't know any of it either. So I thought you both, both loved Flume. All right, Chuck, music guy. <laughs> well, I don't know who is Flume? Flume? I don't know who Flume is. I do know who Major Laser is. But Flume sounds like... What kind of music is this? Uh, Major Laser, like electronic. Yeah, it's uh, club music, right? club music, yeah. Yeah. Flume sounds like uh, the chunk that flies out of your mouth when it's mostly <laughs> phlegm. I would call that Flume. Oh, all right. <laughs> I'm about um, to Flume right now. <laughs> allegedly... The 2020 Summer Olympics are going to be played in 2021. Anybody watching? <laughs> oh, I will watch uh, if they televise breakdancing, because I believe breakdancing is now an Olympic sport. Whoa, where did you get that information? From? I swear I saw it online. Everything online is true. So and why? I'm hoping why is it? like Adidas <laughs> track jackets and furry Kanglo hats and cardboard with the flag on it when they're, when they're breaking and popping. That's why I'll watch the Olympics. I won't watch because I, I think the Russians have been banned from the Olympics for a while. So, I mean, what's the point? If you can't beat the Russians, then what, what's the point? Oh, you wouldn't feel good beating China or sworn to <laughs> China? Well, Come on. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather uh, I'd rather send a little uh, United States flu their way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jeez. The Doobie Brothers are having a 50th anniversary tour this year. Anybody, oh. want, anybody want tickets? <laughs> Didn't know they were still alive, so I'm going to go ahead and say I don't have tickets yet. I've never seen them live. I'd say, yeah, all those hits in that catalog. I'd go. Right. I'm yeah. sure they can still hit some of those harmonies. Why not? Yeah. But yeah. is Flume opening? I'd be in. <laughs> Dude, you add Flume to that. that, that is, that's a yeah. mega, that's Hottest a mega ticket concert. on the planet. In space news, 
NASA is landing a new rover on Mars in February. How great is that? No it's big school's breakdancing at the Olympics. <laughs> you got to be kidding it's cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, you're right. Uh, putting putting a rover on yes. Mars is not better than breakdancing. <laughs> what, uh, what number rover would this be? I don't know. Is this three? Is two the one that's been up there? I have no idea. I think there's only maybe it's three, but I think there have been some that they've sent that didn't work too. And, uh, I was gonna say, how many of them have actually worked? I don't know if they all have, but I think that's probably a pretty hard job to design a robot to work on Mars. Uh, and is it all well, being I'm not, done? I'm not busting s- NASA's balls over that. No, one. I'm. I'm excited. Will the space force be delivering it, or that is this is... all being done in a Hollywood studio? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I don't know what space force's involvement is, but maybe we can talk about that on. On the next if one. I see Tom Hanks, I, I'm not buying into this at all. <laughs> the final season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians will be on TV this year. <laughs> oh, crap. What is my <laughs> wife going to do now? <laughs> Any takers for the final season of that? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen bits and pieces of it because you're married. Yep, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, and there's yeah, been sure. times where they're running marathons on a weekend and i will sit down and 20 minutes later i'm still watching this wanting to strangle everyone who appears on that screen child male or woman every one of them i probably (laughs) won't be tuning in because this just seems like it's going to launch something else for that horror of a family (laughs) probably on hbo max is my guess oh yeah definitely that's probably why they're finishing up. They're going to go to HBO Max yeah. or one of these other ones. They're going to pay them because because they obviously need the money. It, it's obviously amazing television. Every time my wife watches it, I run for Z Hills and want to kill myself. It's, Jeez, we have got some know, strong feelings on this topic. Yeah, I'm just yeah, I'm just actually at this point, I'm I'm kind of curious as to what my wife's going to do with her free time. I'm sure something else will come up on Bravo or whatever those stupid networks are. A housewife show below deck yeah, another else. housewives yeah. Yeah, housewives yeah. of fairview park i do as soon. much as i can't stand the kardashians and the jenner you have to respect that hustle all of them have zero talent and yes. most of them are either huge millionaire or b with a billionaire billionaire yeah. Uh, yeah. for having no discernible talent yeah. whatsoever so i guess Kylie I jenner respect. has yeah. first of all those asses all have to be fake uh, we don't have any evidence of that it's no. actually slander what you're doing right now on the pod <laughs> yeah. tom so you got you got <laughs> You're, wait, you please where, walk the, that uh, back. The legal department's going to be all. Where is the where's the stats group? Can they measure those and it's see? Nothing if that's to do possible? with statistics. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Well, hopefully the Kardashians and Caitlyn Jenner are not listening to this right now or ever, because these yeah. things live forever on the internet. Yes. Last one. I actually went through some research this afternoon to come up with this list of things, and the <laughs> one thing that popped up on almost every list was the Eurovision Song Contest is back in 2021. Have you guys ever heard of this before? No. What is that? So this is, like, there was a, there's a Netflix movie that is not, not great, but not awful with Will Ferrell about this Eurovision contest. It's like American Idol, except that it's all of Europe that participates in it. And each country nice. sends a team to sing. The production values are much different than anything you see on, on American Idol because there's lots of singers and dancers and stuff like that. And I highly recommend you Google Eurovision. <laughs> what are your Eurovision? I'm thinking of something like from the 70s. or Right. You know, yeah, like you know, a UHF channel. Yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic. Turn, turn the dial a little bit. It's a little out of. Out of- it's fantastic. <laughs> and. and it's a really big deal. I guess maybe it was cut short, you know, last year because of COVID or they didn't happen because of COVID. I mean, some of these videos you'll see of bands performing in previous years, it's almost like they're in a stadium. It's 
huge. It's like you the guys, World Cup of singing competitions. Yeah. Right. We're going to keep yeah. track of this throughout the Those year. So you know, we may, we may, as a podcasting unit, select countries and then find a way to have <laughs> some sort of a, you know, like winner takes all pool for Eurovision because I think you guys are going to be a lot yeah. more entertained by this than you think. Yeah, um, there should be a definitely a fantasy league for this. I think you're right. There probably is in Europe. All right. Last thing to talk about for the night. I'm really having a lot of trouble coming up with my New Year's resolution. I was hoping you guys could help me work through some of my thoughts on that. All right. Number one, delegate more chores. I feel like Tammy is kind of not carrying her weight because around the house, she <laughs> does all the cooking, all the cleaning, and all the laundry. And I think as my New Year's resolution, I think I'm going to kind of lean on her a little bit more. And I don't see why she can't take out the garbage, too. What do you guys think of that one? I am in full agreement because much like Tammy... My wife does all those things as well, but my job is the garbage. In certain days, I don't want to take out the garbage, <laughs> and I get, well, that's a boy's job, and I don't appreciate oh. those gender oh, roles in 2021. Yeah. Oh, you've I got don't to appreciate that. I'm actually really disappointed that she has that type of an attitude. That surprises me from her. I will have a, a talking with her, but yeah, I think you're on the right yeah. track. I would like to start incorporating the phrase, I don't roll that way into more conversations. <laughs> I Good idea, bad idea. Oh, I 100% agree with that. And uh, I'm going to start the moment I get off this podcast. I'm going to be using that like crazy. Yeah, if you could make that 2021's version of that's what she said, I think think we can make it catch on. Okay, excellent. I want to expand my reading list a little bit. So I'm going to try to read at least two Jesse Ventura books, including... The Marijuana Manifesto and Don't Start the Revolution Without Me. You guys know that Jesse Ventura's written like 11 books? Uh, No, not sure you'll ever get that time back. But uh, hey, you know, if you have the free time. I would start with the Marijuana Manifesto if you're going to commit to any Jesse the Body books, just because you do have some experience with marijuana over the past few months. Whoa. Whoa, allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly. What if I decided to write my own trap rap song? How much cough syrup and uh, codeine do you have where you live? I don't have any, but I think I could get that. I can get that. If you get that, I think, yeah, you would be a pretty good mumble rapper. Just heavy on the codeine. Chuck, who is the best trap rapper in the country right now? Uh, One of the baby guys. It's either Baby or Baby. I'm not sure which one. Um, But I actually (laughs) listened to either Baby or Baby and think, man, this guy is actually pretty decent. I enjoy his stuff. All right. My last thought was I'm just going to keep telling anybody that I can that I love everyone. How does that one sound? (laughs) (laughs) I think you're stealing my thunder. Yeah, Tommy trademarked that on New Year's Eve. I think you should. I think we. I think we all should do that in 2021. Why not? All right, guys. Spread do you have any wild, New, Year's, New Year's resolutions you want to share with our wide and vast listening audience? I'm trying to be a little more patient this year. And depending on COVID, running is one thing, but I miss a gym. I miss push and pull. I miss weights. So hopefully I can get back there because I haven't. It'll be a year next week that since I've lifted an actual weight other than oh, push-ups and yeah. that kind of stuff. What about you, Tom? Yeah. Or are oh, you my... already perfect? So you don't need, you don't need. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it, it's hard to improve on this. Obviously, no. I mean, my obvious uh, resolution is I, I need to get in, into some type of shape that's not the shape that I'm in right now. 
not the, the pear-shaped loser that I am at the current moment. Um, I need to actually... I don't think you're pear-shaped at all. No, I'm just disgustingly shaped. I, I need to uh, work on the whole deal. Health-wise, um, the doctor has said, is, uh, said the same. I, I, I need to improve on a lot of things, so um, that's definitely what I'm going to be working on. I would like to actually be around for things that my kids go through, so I have some work to do. Well, shit, Tom, we really like to have you around for a long time, too. Yeah, so. for sure. <laughs> Let us know what we can do to help out, man. All right. Well, I mean, you can pay for some lipo or something, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> That's what it takes, buddy. I'm in. I'm in. Why don't you hold on to that 10 bucks you're going to send yeah. to Harbaugh? We'll use yeah. much better right, use we'll, of that money. We'll put that into the fund. All right, fellas. With that, I think we'll close this episode out. Thank you again for all of the time and uh, all of your thoughts and all the fun, man. This was great. It was fun. Thanks, boys. All right. Peace out, fellas.